Jesus goes to the Jordan River and is baptized by John the Baptist. And it's this incredible story where John the Baptist is saying, get ready for God because he's going to come. And if you're not ready, well, that's not going to be good. And then Jesus arrives and where do we find God incarnate among us? We find him not there with, with a, a, a foot ready to stomp on us. We find him first with us in the river taking our baptism for us, taking our sins for us, coming to be for us, with us. He is God with us, who knows us and is there in the darkness with us. Come to break the darkness. And uh, and then, uh, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And of course, the very first thing that that God does after saying, you're my son, I love you, I'm so happy with you, you make me so full of joy, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and he became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came and said to him, or the devil is also the tempter, came and said to him, if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you mustn't test the Lord your God. And next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. It's an interesting passage, isn't it? All about temptation. Uh, I know our time is running short, but we're going to do a little bit of group work. So if you can find someone next to you, um, just sort of turn your chair so that you're with two or three people, four if if you're quick. So you're going to turn and you're going to share your biggest temptation that you've ever told anyone else about in the whole Right, what we're going to do, is just, it's going to take two minutes literally, and then you, can just, you don't have to move your chairs, you just face this way. Um, look, if you want to share the temptation that you are most tempted with, feel free, but maybe a, a more private time would be more appropriate for that. What you're going to do is you're going to just, just a one word answer, what is temptation, why do we want to do what is wrong? And this is the big one. Just go around the group and say, how do you feel when you're tempted? What is temptation? How do you feel when you're tempted? Three, two, one, go. You've got two minutes. Yeah, don't think, just speak. What comes to your head? Thank you.
You can have three How do you feel when you're tempted? How do you feel when you're tempted? <laughs> Okay, start wrapping up. Okay, are you tempted to continue more? Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> How do you feel about that? What is temptation? Temptation, I, I heard this group over here go into this long philosophical discussion about, well, you can be tempted to do the right thing, and you can be tempted, well, this group, when I say this group, Mark. Uh, you can be tempted to do the right thing, you can be tempted to do the wrong thing, and that's true. You can be tempted to do the right thing, but I wouldn't really call that temptation, I just call that a good inclination. Most of the time when we talk about temptation, uh, if you're in your groups, just stay in your groups, because we just sort of turn to face if you can, because I might get you to do some more discussion. Um, temptation, quite often, most of the time we're talking about the temptation to do the wrong thing. I mean, we know that there is a spiritual battle happening, that there is the kingdom of God and that there is the kingdom of this world. And the kingdom of this world would have us do what God doesn't want us to do. It would, would have us live lives that are not according to God's will. Uh, temptation, maybe I can summarize it, is, is the lure to do the wrong thing for our own short-term gain. It's not being satisfied. Uh, if, if you want to have a 1970s version of it, it's like uh, the CIA going to Russia and corrupting someone there to spy for them by giving them lots of money. It's about, temptation is, is about betraying our king for the sake of something small. Different things tempt us. But all temptation is stepping away from God's will. Uh, the, the second question, just throw out some, some questions, some of our answers there. How does it feel when you're tempted? Maybe just one from each group. Did you guys feel? Well, Rob knows all about temptation. 
Okay. <laughs> Prayer ministry afterwards. We differentiate. We sometimes we feel guilty. Yeah. But sometimes. Sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel guilty. Anyone else? Terrible. Anything else? Disappointed with yourself. Ambivalent. Kind of like, meh. That's an interesting, the, the wide variety. Um, I wonder sometimes whether one of the... I'm saying, are you asking feelings of once you've given in to temptation? Once you've given in or just maybe in just the fact of being in the face of temptation. Failed again. I wonder whether that isn't one of Satan's biggest lies to us. He wants us to believe that if we are tempted, God is angry with us and we are unworthy of God's presence. And we know that's a lie because even in the psalm he said, through all of this, I know you're right there with me, God. But we think to ourselves, how could someone who is for God be tempted to do that? Easily. But if I'm a godly person, I shouldn't be tempted. I'm born in sin, but I'm born again. You know, it's a lie. Being tempted doesn't make you unworthy of God. Do you know the biggest proof for that? Is the passage we've just read. Because Jesus, God incarnate, was tempted. And it wasn't just this kind of this vague tempting that really didn't affect Jesus at all. It's not like he was there starving for 40 days and then the devil said, would you like some bread? And Jesus was like, bread never even entered my mind. Jesus was hungry. He would have loved to eat. Why? Why are we tempted? Why? Well, tell us, Reg. Uh, Reg. Uh, Eric. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll come to that in a little bit. God never tempts anyone to do the wrong thing. James says that in uh, James chapter 1 verse 13, that God never tempts anyone, but God does allow us to be tempted. And he does it to see if our hearts are truly his. If we really do desire him above all other things. Being tempted isn't a sin, but, but James again says to us that, that what makes temptation go wrong is giving into it. It's one thing to be tempted, it's another thing to give in to temptation. If you're a Christian and you are tempted at all, there is something wrong with you if you think there's something wrong with you. The problem isn't being tempted. The problem is giving in to temptation. That's what makes it a sin. Jesus, at the very start of his public ministry, before he does uh, his, his works, he goes into the devil, into the devil. He goes into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And he's, he's fasting. He, fasting is about focusing all of your attention and your energy on God. And Jesus is setting his mind on God and as he is there, he's, he's getting hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. He's fully God, he's also fully man. 
he could be tempted to rebel. That's a strange thought that God the Son could be tempted to rebel against God the Father because he became fully human. And so Satan comes and Satan tries to discredit him as our Savior because if Jesus sinned, he wouldn't be able to be the sinless lamb that took away the sins of this world. And Satan tries to turn Jesus. And Jesus is being tempted doesn't disqualify him as our saviour. Because unlike us so often, Jesus chose to reject the temptation. Jesus chose to seek the kingdom of God above all things other. Being tempted doesn't make us unholy, it just gives us a choice. Will I follow God or will I not? If anything, I I wonder whether not being aware of any temptation on your life is perhaps a slightly scarier place to be. If you're not aware of being sidetracked, perhaps you're not on the main line at all. Exactly. Absolutely. Recognizing where Satan is going. Which Jesus did. And look, hands up if you've ever been tempted. Hands up if you've ever given in to temptation. The good news is Jesus never gave in to temptation. And because of that, there's forgiveness for those of us who do. But I believe that Jesus would have us learn how to handle temptation. Uh, you know, there's, there's an interesting thing there. Where did we get this story of Jesus' temptation? From the Bible. From Jesus. This is one of the only incidents in Jesus' life recorded for us where there are no eyewitnesses other than Jesus. Jesus thought it important enough to tell his disciples about the time when he was led into the desert and the time when he was tempted. Because he knows, I believe, that we need to know about this. We need to know about him being tempted, him knowing what it is to be tempted, but also we need to know how to deal with temptation. When are you most likely to be tempted? Just quickly in your groups, like you've got 30 seconds. When are you most likely to be tempted? You don't have to share what your temptation is. Maybe you've got 14,000 temptations. Mark says when he's awake. Now, isn't it interesting that quite often it's when we are vulnerable that Satan brings the temptation. And when I say Satan brings the temptation, uh, the temptation comes from within us as well. Uh, When we're vulnerable, when we're tired, when we are moody, when we are low, when we're hungry. You know that old saying, don't ever go food shopping when you're hungry? Why not? Because you're tempted to buy the wrong stuff. I mean, temptation comes in all different shapes and forms. But interesting, it's immediately after his baptism, Jesus is on a, a spiritual high. The Father has just said, I love you so much. 
that he goes into the desert to be tempted. And, and temptation often follows a spiritual high. Maybe it's the case that, that we're feeling so good about ourselves that we kind of let a little temptation slide. Or perhaps, perhaps there's just, we're feeling on top of the world and all of a sudden there's this massive temptation that comes out of left field. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, Paul speaking about, about temptation in the, that verse in the one to follow says, uh, if you think you stand, be careful because you might fall. Be careful lest you fall for the older translations. Satan, for some reason, doesn't like it when we feel a success and close to God. He doesn't want us on a spiritual high. And he's got a lot of, a lot of ammunition to tempt us with, doesn't he? From within us. But notice also that Jesus is tempted not only when he is coming off a spiritual high, but after 40 days of not eating. It sounds strange, but, but we are whole persons. You cannot separate our spiritual from our physical, from our emotional, from our psychological. It's all meshed in together. If you are tired, Tavon and I were up most of the night last night, we had a fight across the road. Les probably heard it as well, so if the three of us look bleary-eyed. <laughs> well. <laughs> if you're tired... That, that not only makes you stumble around with your words, like I'm doing a bit today, but it also affects your, your spiritual barriers. And you might find yourself more tempted. If you're hungry, you might be tempted to go and eat lots and lots of food, but you might find yourself tempted in other areas as well. Angry. Hangry. One of the most tempting things that Satan could mention to Jesus was bread. Isn't that interesting? Son of God, where are you going to start tempting the Son of God? Let's start with some sourdough. But notice what James says. If you've got your Bibles, just flick across to James chapter 1 verse 13. James chapter 1 verse 13 says to us that uh, all of us uh, are, when you are being tempted, don't say God is tempting me. God never tempts to do wrong and he never tempts anyone, is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. And these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. We are tempted when we are dragged away by our desires, by what we want. Why are we tempted? Because we want something. Jesus wasn't dragged away by his desire. Because what Jesus wanted wasn't so much a, a, a nice slice of bread with jam. What he wanted was to see God's will done. Now, temptations come in different shapes and sizes. For you, you might be sitting there going, I am never tempted by hunger. What tempts me might not faze you. And what tempts you, I might laugh at and go, well, that's ridiculous. Who's tempted by that? 
I won't laugh at you, by the way. Jesus was tempted to, to cling to his equality with God. It sounds like Satan is go, having a go at him going, if you are the son of God. But, but I don't believe Satan questioned whether Jesus was the son of God. I think what Satan was trying to do was a little bit more devious than that. I think his attitude was, since you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, act like this. Remember Philippians chapter 2, uh, uh, attitude should be like that of Christ, to being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or clung onto, but humbled himself, emptied himself, uh, took the form of a servant. I think what Satan's doing here at the very first temptation, he comes to Jesus and he says, Okay, you're God, you're hungry, why don't you just act like God? Make some bread! You can do it, can't you? Why doesn't Jesus? I mean, what's wrong with having some bread when you're hungry? Absolutely nothing. Except if Jesus magicked up or miracled up some bread, he wouldn't exactly be God with us and God as us. He wouldn't be the God who has experienced our life. He wouldn't be for us, he would be for himself. Jesus had come to take our punishment, to suffer our punishment for us. And right at the start, Satan's tempting him with, it's too hard already, isn't it? And Jesus says, no, it's not too hard. I will do what my Father's will is. I won't live by bread alone, by what God says will I live. And temptation can sound like wisdom. The devil quotes the Bible to Jesus. Says, why don't you just put God to the test? If you trust Him, call His bluff. Oh! Oh, you won't. I wonder why. Jesus could have jumped off that high point. And the Father could have saved Him. But again, why does Jesus refuse to jump? Well, because Jesus came to take the road of suffering for our sake. Because Jesus didn't come to insist on his divine rights, but he came to let go of them for our sake so that we could be with God. Have you ever noticed that temptations in your life can take the truth and twist them ever so slightly? There's a wonderful one. Uh, who believes that God wants you to be happy? I believe God wants you to be happy. And of course, that means you've got to do what makes you happy. I've got to get divorced because God wants me to be happy. You laugh. I've all but heard that. God wants me to provide for my family. And so I'm going to just slightly misreport my income tax this year because I have to provide and be a good husband because that is honoring to God. 
God has placed certain desires within you. It would be dishonoring to God to not follow those desires because they come from God. And yes, other people are just being prudish. Satan misused the Bible uh, when he spoke to Jesus. God does care for us. God does look out for us. But God will not be mocked. God will not be taken advantage of. God will not be uh, tested to see whether he's okay. And, and God, God doesn't need us to twist the truth. Why do we twist the truth? Because we, we, we think that the truth isn't good enough. God wants me to be happy. And following God leads to being with God, who is the fountain of delights, the best life ever. And that road is tough sometimes, and it's a road marked with suffering sometimes. And I don't like that second bit, so I'm just going to leave it out. Because I don't think God actually knows what the best is. See, temptation offers an easy path to us. Jesus had come to win the nations of the world to himself. And what does Satan do in the final temptation? He takes Jesus up to a high mountain. He shows him the kingdoms of the world, whether this is uh, in reality or a vision. He shows him. And he says, Jesus, I'll give it to you. And Satan could give it to Jesus because Satan is the ruler of this world. It was his to give. Jesus, it will be yours. Your mission was to win the world. I'll give it to you. Boy, it's a good thing. I'm not Jesus. Now, what would you do if you knew that the next three years would be full of joys and excitement and friendships and happiness and abuse? Betrayal and death and the weight of the sin of the world on your back. All to gain the kingdoms of the world. And here someone is saying to you, well I'll give it to you now. What would you do? Would you be tempted? And if Jesus was tempted... Satan wasn't out to help Jesus. Satan's plan has always been to stand against God. And, and yes, Jesus would technically be enthroned over the kingdoms of the world, but he wouldn't be God's chosen king, he would be Satan's king. He would be owned by Satan. Many of our temptations offer us that, that quick fix, that easy out, uh, that, 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 that solution to the problems. They make us feel better in the moment. It, isn't it nice to gossip about someone when they've been nasty to you. It'll make you feel good. Or, or, or gambling or pornography or whatever it is. Temptations help us feel better in the moment. But the thing is, in the end, they are empty shells. They don't actually offer us what they offer us. Jesus would have received the nations of the world, but would God's kingdom have come? No! Our temptations say we will give you life here, life now. We'll give you what you want now. It will be good now.
do they do that maybe for a little bit, but is it the truth? Is it the wholeness? Is it, is it real? No! And I think one of the reasons Jesus comes and says to us here is to say, you will be tempted and it will be tempting and you'll want it, but it's not the right thing. It's not good enough. It's not what you need. It's not what you actually want if you think about it. God's way might seem harder. It might seem more costly. It might seem more difficult. But ultimately it leads us to him who is, as I said, the fountain of delights. And Jesus looks at Satan and says, Satan, get lost. Worship only God. I will not pay your price because there's always a price for temptations of and we bargain with God and we bargain with, with ourselves and we bargain with the devil and we go, well, you know what? Ah, yeah, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Jesus doesn't bargain. He looks at me and he says, this is just not worth it. You're offering me fake merchandise of shoddy construction. But isn't it inevitable that you will give in to your temptation? After all, you're not Jesus, are you? Doesn't it sometimes feel that way? Oh, I'm just going to have to give in. Jesus didn't give in. James chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says that we must resist the devil. And he says if we resist the devil, he will flee from So all you've got to do when you're tempted is resist the devil and it's dead easy. Uh, just repeat after me, get lost, Satan. Is that going to work? It might. Uh, usually helps to say, God, would you tell Satan to get lost? Because kind of God's more important than I am. Why, if all we have to do is resist the devil and he will flee, do our temptations last so long? Why do we sometimes struggle with the same kinds of temptations for so long? Why do we still struggle with temptation at all? You notice, we're almost done here because you're tempted to go to sleep because we're, we're over time. But do you notice here that, that the devil doesn't leave Jesus after the bread is? Was Jesus resisting the devil? Yes. Did the devil leave? No. He left after the third one. Jesus kept resisting him until he left. And then the devil never came back and tempted Jesus again. Amen. Oh, except for that bit where Peter said, um, you're not going to die, Jesus. Oh, and except for that bit in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, and except for all the other times when the devil came back and tried to tempt Jesus. We might keep on being tempted for some time before the devil goes away, before it's lifted from us, but if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. You see, resisting the devil is like, it's like training weights at the gym. If you push weights at the gym, you end up really tired, but if you go back the next day, you might find that you're pushing a bit more weight. Or you might find that the weight that you were pushing last week is kind of feeling like, oh, Resisting temptation builds up our spiritual muscles. 
It makes us stronger. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 tells us that God won't let us be tempted beyond what we bear. He gives us a way out. And what does Paul say there? He says he gives us a way out so that we can stand up under it. Which is a very interesting phrase. God gives us a way out of temptation so that we can stand under temptation. Because even when Satan flees, it doesn't mean that he's not going to come back. He's going to come back. But in resisting him, we grow stronger in our ability to say no. Sometimes we give in to temptation because we grow tired of refusing. Because deep down we're not sure that refusing is the best choice. Jesus trusted that God knew best. For Jesus, what Satan offered was like a slimy, 14-year-old McDonald's hamburger that has been left out in the sun. Fresh as today. Fresh as yesterday. Compared to a grilled chicken burger with aioli sauce and little sesame seeds. Well, that actually sounds quite nice. Don't preach when you're hungry. <laughs> what we need is to have our desires set on God. We need, to, we need to see what the devil offers as the garbage it is. Tempting garbage, Maccas after 14 years still looks good. But still garbage. You know what tempts you. We're going to finish it. You know what tempts you. The solution to temptation is to say no. Can I ask a question? You can. Is it temptation if you don't know it's wrong? If, if you haven't got a government or a if you have got recognize that that is sin? You know, like there are some... Yeah, I don't know. It might be temptation, but it's not temptation if you're not aware of the fight. And, and one of the wonderful things about God is that as we spend more time with Him, He shows us more areas where we are being tempted and we know we were. Um, so the things that you struggle with now are probably not the things that you're going to struggle with in 20 years' time. Uh, even if you're still struggling with them now, you're just not aware of it. So I think temptation involves our knowledge of it. But, but if, if you want to face temptation, you need to say no, and the best way to say no is not with my voice, but with God's voice. Because quite frankly, we're not dealing with some other human here. We are dealing with well, a supernatural being. And the one who is an authority over him is not me, except in Christ. And so what we should be doing is learning what God says. And speak that against our temptations. And, and not only that, it's not just as kind of a magical incantation, but we learn what God says so that we grow to desire it more. You see, when Jesus says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, he's not just saying that to get rid of Satan, he's saying it to himself, saying, you know what, God's word is worth more than this. 
We need to know God better to appreciate Him more. Because it's only when our heart's longings are satisfied in God that there is no room for temptation to lead us astray. So if you just turn back in your groups and share your deepest, darkest temptation. (laughs) Don't share it with each other necessarily, but share it with God. And ask yourself, what is it that I'm being offered? How does it compare to what God offers me? Is it worth the bargain? Is it worth it? And if your answer is yes, it's worth it, well then you're going to give in. But if your answer is, hey, it's enticing, God's worth so much more, you're not going to give in. You're going to laugh at it and you're going to go, you're joking, right? You're offering me 14 day old lettuce. No thanks. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you. May He give you great joy. May you know that He is with you. May He become the delight of our hearts. May nothing else satisfy us except Him. May we want Him more than anything else. Amen. We're going to take up the offering, and while we take up the offering, you're going to go into morning tea. Let's sing a song, why don't we? Let's finish with, with God reigns. <laughs>